welcome to RSF, the revolutionary sports front, your dirty, nasty, and controversial sports talk podcast for all things Detroit sports and sports worldwide. Here are your hosts, Tony, Joey, Frank, and Gerard, four lifelong friends born and raised in South Detroit. Guys, see saw on his way from Washington. Five, four, three, two, one. Episode 36 of the Revolutionary Sports Front. We skipped a week, but we did not skip a beat. We are back. Uh, We skipped a few weeks there. We did skip a few weeks there. I I was downplaying it, but um, we're back regardless. And uh, we're here to talk sports, which is what everyone wants to hear about. Um, Today, uh, we're we're jumping right into business. Today, we are going to start off with something that could be a ratings killer, but we're going to do it because Joe insisted. We are going to start off with Red Wings Hockey Talk. Okay, um, They've been up and down a little bit, a little bipolar, mostly um, on the downside. And we're going to start off with uh, Red Wings Hockey, but of course we will talk about uh, NFL football, especially our Lions and our Packers. I, I don't mean our, but the Lions and the Packers. Um, both eliminated from the playoffs. The Super Bowl is coming up this weekend. We have our anniversary of the show coming up next week, uh, one year. And um, we'll talk football, of course. But um, in this case, we're going to talk Red Wings hockey first. Um, The plan is to set you guys up. The plan is to let Joe kind of do his thing. Joe is going to vent, and he's going to go off in the Red Wings. And as, as far as a national media perspective, Hockey is not the biggest thing in the world, but around here, in this neighborhood, in this realm, hockey is a big thing, and they do care about the Red Wings. People do. Our fans do. We got emails and and um, and and notes and all that all that sort of thing. So they do care. So Joe's going to do his thing about the Red Wings. Jerry has a question about the Red Wings to present to the, to the fans and to us as a whole. So we'll do that, and then we will jump into um, the NFL, which is you know, the more popular talk of uh, the, the sports media realm. So, Joe, I am going to just do nothing less but pass the mic to you and say, what's going on with the Red Wings? Why are they, why are they at where they are? And uh, just, just basically go. Just basically go. Green light on the Red Wings. Go. Well, first of all, boys, uh, it's good to be back. A couple weeks off. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. We've all, been, we've all been a little bit busy with work, but uh, – but yeah, let's hop right into it. And uh, and I think a, a couple weeks ago, I don't know, it was a week or two weeks ago, I texted you guys, and and the wings were actually starting to look like they're they're starting to put something together here. Um, they, they put together about three straight wins, uh, lost in overtime, another loss in overtime. Then it was like, okay, well, yeah, that's five straight games with points, and and like they're realistically about four to five points away from third place in the uh, the, the bottom of the, or not the bottom, the uh, the third place in the Atlantic Con- uh, Division. And uh, and really looking at the rest of the the, the season, um, it, it seemed like getting to that point was it was not too far out of reach because if you look at games in hand and then time off that we're still owed from the, uh, the the tournament at the beginning of the year, the the World Championships, we could have games in hand going into a uh, significant amount of games in hand going into the year and only being about four points out. That's pretty dangerous for a team that that could have some ability to. To get some wins and string string them string some things together, but uh, that, then we continue to lose, and then uh, we came home against the Maple Leafs, 
and got uh got absolutely crushed. Uh, and that pretty much sank all hopes I had in, in making the playoffs this year. Uh, it's it's one of those things where I think we all kind of knew uh, about a month ago that they weren't going to do it, but at the same time, you know, we I, knew. I, can't, I don't I can't know just, if you did. I I can't just uh, give up on on the guys. So, uh, you know, overall, you know, they, they started putting up some numbers on on TV and everything, and it's it's pretty alarming uh, what the Red Wings look like this year. And I, I guess I didn't even notice it until the other day. But uh, a, after playing Toronto, we're sitting at uh, seven seven times we've been shut out this year. We're three and nine in overtime. And our power play is dead last in the National Hockey League, uh, which, which really, to me, it comes down to coaching. Um, over time, who, who are you putting on the ice three on three? You know, shutouts. Wh- what are you doing to get some of these young, talented forwards to score? We, we see Athanasiu, he gets the puck in space and he's gone. You know, Anthony Mantha went after the uh, Centennial Classic just started to start rolling. He was like a goal a game for him. All of a sudden, they switch up the lines, and, and now he's kind of like he's struggling to find the back of the net again. And uh, and I got an opinion on on that line. Uh, and the power play, you know what what is so difficult about running the power play? We have Mike Green on the back end, Nicholas Cronwell on the back end, and then you got forwards like Zetterberg, Larkin, Tatar, uh, Thomas Vanek. Um, now now coming up, uh, Anthony Mantha. You know, it's all, all, we Nielsen. have talent all over the ice on the power play, and uh, and we're not we're not doing anything. Like, the, the entrance in the zone sucks, and the the puck movement in the zone sucks. And then when we go to pass it back to our point, he's just not there. You know, and you look at other teams, it's like it's like pushing a rope to get the puck out of the zone. Um, when we're on the penalty kill, but when we're on the power play, it's, it's like a big gaping hole that uh, that's just open for everybody. Okay, and Joe. So, Joe, I got a question for you before you keep going. Jerry has a big yeah. question towards the end, but while you keep going, I have a question uh, for the fans because you study the Red Wings way more than us on this show and more than the fans do uh, as a whole. So I want to ask you this: What do we have, and what don't we have, and what can we get rid of? And I want you to kind of just continue on what you were just saying. I don't want to interrupt you, but just continue what you were saying. But what what could be done? And Jerry has an ultimate question at the end because we're trying to keep people involved in this because you're a smart man. You study the 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 double A leagues, and you guys you got the guys in Pee Wee that are going to be coming up to the, become Red Wings one day. But the fans don't. So just keep it in perspective and tell us what we have good, what we have bad, and what we can do about it, please. So what we have good is young young talent in the forward position. Uh, what we don't have is really anything in defense. Uh, what we should do is simplify the game so that way these guys can can start to just build on that. You know, I mean, we're, we're still playing this complicated system Blasio wants to run, and uh, and it I, th- I think it's just tough. It's it's like this mosh posh team now. We have a complete like a complete rookie staff back on defense, and and too many rookie forwards. Uh, they're not used to it. You know, I mean, you have to simplify it kind of like how Babcock did uh, a few years back when we still had him, you know, and it, it, put it, put it this way. Think about the Washington Capitals power play. Where does Ovechkin sit every time on that power play? The point. Yeah, pretty much the point or the top, the top of the left circle. He's been doing that his entire fucking career. 
and he's been ringing one timers from over there his entire career. I think we actually talked Nothing's about that changed. on a prior yeah. episode. Yeah, I can't believe that teams can't cover that. He's just so damn good. Well, at he's that got position. a rocket. Let's not ruin his run. Joe's on, Joe's on a roll. Let's let him go. But yeah, he has a rocket, and it, it's an anomaly. Well, it's an anomaly. But keep going, Joe. I, well, no, well, Jer- Jerry's right though. I mean, like that. He, you can't believe teams can't cover it. But it, it, I mean, they just keep it simple though. They 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 run a, they run a they run a cycle on the other end of the ice <clears throat> that makes that draws the defense that way. And then Ovechkin's just sitting off over in that circle, waiting for the one timer. Right? Okay, mean, well like, that's uh, okay. Like what's you know what I mean? Like now I'm we, involved. That, that's what I'm getting at. Is we have to simplify the way we play the game right. because the way we're doing it is, is it's too it's too complicated. It's each, it sucks. It's east to west. It sucks. It's not you can just say it, Joe. It sucks. And the point I'm making, I mean, I don't mean to cut you off, but dude, okay, yeah, Ovechkin does that, and the the Capitals do that. Who are you going to put out there to do that on the Red Wings? Who's who's Vanek. gonna who's gonna do Green. that? Vanek. No, no, come on, man. Let's be real. There's it's an anomaly. Yeah, he's a great. That's a rocket coming off his stick. I've watched YouTube late at night over and over again on Ovechkin on those slap shots. It's an anomaly, man. You can't have that on the Red Wings. It's not there. It's not there. It's yeah. it's not. Right. We, I'd love to have it. It's a great concept. It's beautiful. I love watching it, but it's not our team. It's Washington. And the other Washington, yeah, get, not your Washington. Washington. But what I'm what I'm saying is, it's simple, man. Like we don't have to. Is do it what though? Washington is does. it simple? It is simple. I think the point Joe was making was the, the Capitals, who are consistently up there for first place in the East. They run a simple power play, and it works, and nobody can stop it. What he's saying is, we need to develop a simpler system based on our talent. Not doing the same thing Washington does, but we need something simple out there that works. Yeah, we need a guy that can slap the puck from the top of the circle or the said. Uh, point and score, but not everyone's going to get an Ovechkin. And even with that, I'm just this is just a side note. But what have the Capitals done in the playoffs? I've re- literally it's come to the point so bad as a Red Wings fan. And Joe, I've we talked about it in the show a number of times. I've watched well, that's, the VA that's get a little deeper. I mean, I, I'm not saying like no. I just wanted to make I wanted to make Capitals. one point about about the Red Wings just so the fans can relate. I've watched the VHSs of 97, 98, Hockey Town. I've watched all those. I'm a huge fan of the Red Wings, and we all know that. It's, it's no secret to the show. But to, to my point, what, when, when have we had that? So I've, I've watched the Red Wings get eliminated time after time over the last few years in the first round, second round, first round, first round, first round, and there's nothing to be had. So... As just a hockey fan, I find myself rooting for the Capitals. I root for them. And they go to the second or third, the conference finals, and they still lose. And they still have that. So, I mean, yeah, you can root for the Capitals all you want, but they've been nothing but a disappointment as well. You know, so uh, there's more to it, man, is all well, I'm, I'm saying. Not, I'm, not I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm using their power play specifically as an example. Right. Like, I, I, mean, I understand, I, but I, I do. I do. For this specific point, I could give a flying fuck about the Capitals, dude. So when the wings get knocked out, who are you rooting for? Just hypothetically, I'm just asking. Hypothetically, who am I rooting so for? So the wings get bounced in the first round like they have for the last, what, eight years? Who do you root for? Do you root for anyone, or are you just watching for an inter- entertainment standpoint? Uh, mostly for entertainment. I mean, over the past few years, I haven't minded the Kings. Okay. But, I mean, that, that's because I like their defenseman, Drew Doughty. But, I that, mean, that's you know fair. I, mean? I root for the Capitals, and I watch Ovechkin, and they still disappoint me. That, that's the point I was making. But it, it doesn't it doesn't discredit your your opinion at all. I'm just I'm just making a point. It's a casual hockey fan, man. The Wings get bounced time after time again. 
you're rooting for this big power play, this big-time shooter, scoring goals is exciting. But at the end of the day, who's getting their hand raised? You know, it just sucks. It Crosby's sucks. getting his hand raised. But I think the main problem with the Wings personally is uh, they just did a list of the top 100 hockey players of all time or something like that, and 28 out of the 100 were Red Wings, which is an amazing percentage. But it does count people like Mike Madonna, who played for like a season or two for us, or uh, Brett Hall, who just came for that one championship Blues year. the stars. Yeah. Stuff like that, but if you look at the wings right now, who on our team is going to make like a list of the top two hundred? Zetterberg. You. Thank you. We're, I think it's a lack of talent, all the way up to. I think Ken Holland still has it, maybe. And Zetterberg would be like ninety nine. Our coach isn't very talented. The young kids might end up turn out to be good, but we just don't have talent to compete at a high level. It's that simple. They're not. Yeah, they're the, the the ratings speak. The ratings speak for themselves, okay? I, I'm not sure, Joe, you could probably answer this question with the blink of an eye. I'm not sure what position we're in as far as the Eastern Conference goes. Last? Last? Dead, last. dead last. Dead last. Which so, is a blessing in disguise because maybe why we can get That's why I didn't want to start the show with it, but we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks, so we had to. But It's dude, actually not a – I mean, it's surprising to see the Wings being this bad. Like, I knew they were going to be bad, but I didn't know they were going to be this bad. I've been watching games, man. It's awful. I told you guys, I was like, I'm out. I'm not going to watch the Red Wings play. I'm not going to do it. So there I find myself in front of the TV screen watching them play, playing Buffalo, playing their rival Babcock, getting shut out, getting beat 4-1, to 5-1, to just getting blown out. And it's terribly frustrating, and um, it's just not fun for the fans, man. We're so accustomed, especially the young generation. We're, we're accustomed to winning at least being competitive, and now we're at, it's a new low, and I don't know what we're even talking about. To be honest, yeah. I, I don't I don't, I don't know what we're I why mean, it, we're talking. It does about suck it. with what we've had for a lifetime, but I think it's kind of exciting. You know, we finished last, maybe we get the number one pick. Like, who knows it's what exciting. that could turn into? I don't, dude. What are we talking about here, guys? I want Change someone to present. I want man. one of the members that Tony hasn't talked yet. I want someone to make a point of why we're talking about. I argued this at the beginning of the show. Why are we talking about them? Tell me what what is good about the Red Wings or why we're discussing them on a national show. Why? Well, could well here, here's 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 the exciting part that Jerry's trying to get to is probably for the first time in our lifetimes we're going to actually see and acknowledge uh, the Red Wings selling at the trade deadline to you know pick up draft picks, pick up prospects, and possibly even fucking uh, go go after a first pick. Because I mean, after we sell. There ain't going to be enough veteran talent around or, or, or uh, guys old enough to actually carry on and, and win some games regularly. You're going to probably see Tyler Bertuzzi come up. You're going to see uh, probably Robbie Russo come up from Grand Rapids. And after that, I mean, we're just going to be too young to, to be consistent at all. And we might even tank just as, just as far down as the Arizona and Colorado to where when we get the lottery draft, uh, J- like Jerry said, we could be at number one or number two overall in the draft. And, I mean, that that is – exciting because that's what we need we need a future for this team and uh we, we need someone to help support the the guys like mantha larkin and athlesia who do have a lot of talent but they're not number one number two overall talent you know what i'm saying i do know what you're saying they're, they're first round talent and they they need they need help from like it like, like i'm saying if mantha had the number one overall pick center centering his line his numbers would be drastically different in two years Okay, so like Panera Joe, Bread for uh, can, Chicago. Okay, Panarin. L- listen, yeah, listen. Okay, so I acknowledge the fact that the Red Wings do have some pieces, 
that show signs of light. They do have some guys. Okay, Manta, you, you've you got a man crush on him. I have my man crushes. It's all good. I understand it. He's real. He's good. So is Larkin. So is a, Double A. They're good guys, man. They're not enough. But am I wrong to just stand here and say, look, dude, yeah, if we're going to be dead last in the East, dead last in the whole league, sure, we'll get a number one overall pick. Maybe a number two. We'll hit the lottery. But, I mean, am I wrong for just saying, like, let's just wait for that to happen and and talk about it when it does? Because right now, they suck. And they got some, they got some shines of light. But uh, I truly, I'm just being honest, I don't see the point of – of talking about it, man. Like there's changes that need to be made. There's some shines of light, but why? Let's see if they hit the lottery, let's hit the lottery. We'll talk about that. But why now? I don't get it. I respect you. Because we could be trading soon. Well, maybe trading for a lot of people. soon. there's, there's rumors flying everywhere. We could be trading Tatar for a young defensive prospect. We've been talking about this for, for years though, man, dude. Like, I mean, come on. It's been, it's been two days, Frank. No, it's been, it's been, Ongoing. Train Tatar. Ongoing. Train tatar. Not, I'm not talking days. about Tatar specifically. I'm not talking about Tatar specifically. I'm saying we've been talking about change. We brought up Ken Holland. We've talked about, uh, you know, just tanking. We've talked about, uh, you know, the Red Wings not being a caliber of a team to be able to cooperate with the fact that it's not a, a salary-based. It's more of uh, now it's more, you know, salary-based. We've been talking about this for a long time, man, since the show started. What has changed? Not much, man. We make the, we squeak into the playoffs. This time we might not. I just think that it's bad. And yeah, we'll, I mean, we'll wait. It's obviously that's bad. why we're talking about well, it is the, because the point, they're the so bad. Well, then time. go ahead. You you talk about the Red. Sh- tell me. I've, I'm still waiting to hear one thing interesting about the Red Wings. Tell me. Well, because you haven't stopped whining about why we're talking about it. We're trying okay. to get to it. Go ahead. Get to it. Because um, we we're on the verge of a I, Super Bowl. So I just personally get to it. think get to that it. it's more interesting to have the chance that a number one pick and see what could happen in the future than being the last place, getting the playoffs, squeaking in and getting eliminated by Tampa Bay. I would rather be in this position than make the playoffs and get bounced in the first round. Okay, I think that's more interesting to me personally as a fan. That might make me a bad person or a bad fan. Like, I don't want to make the playoffs. Making the playoffs and getting axed in the first round like 4-1 is not no, but, fun. No, but then you're whining. I'm whining because the same story. No, no, I'm whining uh, allegedly because the same story's been happening for the whole year that we've been talking about it. I'm whining. Yeah, I, mean, I think now it's at the most desperate point, though, because we were like Joey Dead Slack. last. You Every other time it. we've talked about the Wings this season, they've been like three points out of last, but also three points out of a playoff spot. Now it's pretty clear, which I said from the beginning of the season, they're going to suck. Newsflash. There's like eight teams that are within four or five points of being dead last. That's the sucky teams. That's look at I, I looked at the standings. There's about seven or eight teams that are all within about seven or eight points of each yeah, other. Yeah, we're seven points out of... Technically making they all suck. Right now. They all suck. Yeah, so I, nobody's we'll disagreeing with you. Why are you getting angry? Because it pisses me off. I'm a fan, and you're not, and I'm a fan. You're a fan, and you don't want to talk about them. All they're right, in dead last. The Red in, Wings, not no, our own personal things, all right? No, they're in dead last. There's changes that need to be made. Actually, they're technically one above dead last. I don't know, overtime man. loss I'll, or something. I'll wait but. for football if you it's just it's beating a dead horse, man. I don't I don't I don't get it. We just haven't really talked about it. We've been like, oh they suck and then moved on and talked about other things. Go so ahead. now the fact that they're this bad is why we decided to talk about them. Take twenty sucks. minutes. Take twenty minutes to talk about them. Well, I mean, I think there's no point left, but um you know, they're just gonna tank the season, hopefully get the number one pick. 
the question I had, and that I've been saving for the end, I think we'll hopefully transition away from this little bitch fest. Is uh, so like I not obviously like fest. the Red Wings, and I'm a, I remember like '97, '98 watching them with Joe stuff like that. I'm not relieving the glory days, but now, first of all, I fall asleep about 8 p.m. because I'm like a 60 year old man. But I'll tune into Red Wings like if they're on at a party, but I don't purposely like go out of my way to watch the Red Wings the way Joey does. But when State sucked this year, I still watched every single Michigan State football game, and I still watch the basketball games, even though they're having a down year. So the question I'm asking is, does that make me and people like me who only watch their team when they're good, does that make me a bad fan of the Red Wings? Or in general, if you only watch your team when they're good versus like, because you know what I mean? You guys understand the question I'm I do asking? understand the question. Asking, like, I'm going to like, like go like first. Frank roots for Michigan football, but doesn't give a shit about their basketball team. Like, does that make, okay, well, that, that's, in general, does that's that make unnecessary, but I, I want to answer first here. It's not wrong because the point that I was just making, and guys, I'm sorry. I apologize. I didn't mean to be unfair about about the Red Wings, but the point that I'm making is, look, dude, we just missed two weeks of a show, okay? We have a hard time enough. This is episode 30, what, six? We have a hard enough time getting together and, and, and getting sports into the media as it is. And when the Red Wings are doing this bad, I have no problem. Just like we did the Tigers in two minutes, I have no problem discrediting them. I love the Red Wings. I love them to pieces. But when they're this bad, I'm sorry, man. I don't care. I'll discredit them from the show. No Red Wings. If the Tigers suck, no Tigers. The Pistons have been irrelevant forever. You hear us talking about the Pistons ever? I don't hear it. We don't I talk love about breaking it. down basketball. But so, so you're you're saying I'm not a bad fan? No, I'm saying you're not a bad fan because we only have a limited amount of time to talk sports, and we'll talk about what's relevant, man. We can break it down in a couple minutes. Red Wings dead last or second to dead last. Yeah, trades need to be made. Yeah, we'd love to hit the lottery. Good, but dude, I'm not going to sit here and talk about the. I'll shut my mic off. I'm not going to sit here and talk about the Red Wings for a half hour when you're beating a dead horse. We need changes. We need better players. We're not good. Let's move on. That's all I was saying. And you're not a bad fan for not wanting to talk about it. And I agree with no, you. No, I I don't mind talking about it. But I come on this show every week and talk about it. And I've watched maybe three entire games this season. I mean, I'll look at the box scores in the morning and read the recap on CBS. Like, I pay attention to what's going on. I know they're in last. But I don't go on my way to watch the games. I'll talk about the Red You'd Wings. You'd fall asleep if you did. Well, yeah, that just, that's actually what actually normally happens. But, Tony, am oh, I a sh- bad fan? No, you're just a front runner like a lot of our friends where you only care about your teams when they're winning. No, they're, but that's, no that's ridiculous. Tony, Tony you do not listen to what I said. When State sucked, I still watched them. Their basketball team, they're playing Michigan today at 1 p.m. I will be off the show watching that game. When my team suck, some of them I still watch. The Packers were 4-6. and six. I watched every game. The point is, for the Red Wings, it's different for me. Like, I watch the Pistons more than I watch the Red Wings. Let's go ahead and talk about how we run three goalies and get sucker punched every, every single night. I don't want to night. talk about that. I'm we run three goalies and get beat up I every feel night. Like you didn't hear my let's question. Let's talk about Tony. that. If you want to do a whole show on the Red Wings getting beat up, let's do it. And Tony looks away like he always does. Give a counterpoint. They suck. If you watch them, bad for you. That's depressing. If you have that much time to watch the Red Wings first period through third, wow. I mean, damn. Look at the highlights, man. They're going to lose. 4 nothing against the... Uh, All right, we got, we got that. We're, Frank, I say, this happens every fucking episode. I'm goddamn fucking sick of it. Go I ahead. say one sentence, and people don't let me finish another thought. To say another sentence to finish fucking thought to actually get a point out it's before nice you to see jump re- down my fucking throat. It's nice to see the real Tony come out. Just go All ahead. All right, well, don't call me a front runner because that's just not true. I won't be blasphemed on 
live television. You are with the wings, though. When they're winning, you're going to yeah, watch them. you just said it with the wings. Don't say that. Okay, that was literally my next sentence. Tony, but you jumped down my throat before keep, I could get there. Keep it classy. Says the person who spent the first like 10 minutes of the show whining about the fact we were talking Red Wings. Well, we still are. Keep it classy. Go ahead. But no, Jerry, I mean, it just makes you like a front runner for the wings. You only care about them when they win. Like, state your homeboys. You're going to watch them, watch them win or lose no matter what. But when it comes to the Red Wings, you're just a front runner with them. And you, that makes you more of, I think, a casual fan for the Red Wings than like a diehard fan. It doesn't make you a bad fan. A bad fan would That's be... That's actually... Really good. I like that. I'm a casual fan of the Red Wings. Put it that way. You know, I... I just don't want to feel like a fraud up here with all that's going on in the net. I like, disagree like completely with what Tony just said because you can be a diehard fan, man. I'll... You want to talk stats and we're not going to do a, a, a dick swinging contest over, over who's the bigger Red Wings fan, but if we did, I'd win. Uh, if we did, I would win. I and think Joe is Red Wings fan number no, one. No, Joe... Joe that it goes without saying. It goes without saying that Joe's the resident... Red Wing fan. I'm talking about me and Tony. He just said something that I disagree with, and I'm counterpointing it. I'm telling you right now, I know a lot about the Wings, but it doesn't make me a casual fan. When I see bad product, I'm not, dude. We're all busy, man. You got, you're, we're grown folk. You're a, you're, you got a full time job. Jerry's got a full time job. Joe's in the Marine Corps. I got a full time job. I'm not going to waste my time on bad product, man. I'll follow what's going on. I know what's going on. I'm talking about what's going on, but I'm not going to waste my time. You watch a first period through a third period of a Wings game when they're getting blown out by the Leafs from our former coach, Babcock, which I did. I made the mistake of doing. You're man, insane. I that often, like, You're insane. Period. You're insane. Yeah, you turn that shit right. off. I got to get the opinion from Joe because that's what I'm actually really looking for in this question. Go ahead. I mean, we spent way too much time on it. Joe's the only one that should speak on this in I'm the first actually, place. This is the most exciting Red Wings talk I think we've had on air. Joe's the only on one show. that should be talking right now. Joe's the only one. So go ahead. Well, it's it's not so much that we all know that they're a bad fucking product, man. Like, like, that, like that, that, that point is mute. What I'm trying to get to here is the, the speculation and the, and the excitement of a future here. That, that that's what that's what I'm trying to get at, and, and you know we, we could we could end up going to the trade deadline trading Nyquist, Tatar, Bannett, Green, Smith, and and Razik. and we could get a lot back for those guys. It might not seem like a lot, but possibly a couple a first round pick or two from Mrazek and Bannick, and then prospects for Nyquist, Tatar, and Smith. And that and I mean that could work out. I mean if if at the end of the day, out of all those trades, two players work out for us, that I mean that's still a pretty big deal. And, and who knows? There could be a coaching change as well because obviously we just ragged on the coaching and how, how they're not. Oh, I think there definitely has properly. to be a coaching change. I don't think that's a question. Okay. Is it fair to say, Joe, I'm asking you this I mean, specifically? It's, it's, it's just fun to speculate. Can man. I have a, I'm not trying to it say, is like, fun. Yeah, no. sit here and, like, glue your eyeballs to the television and watch them that's, lose that, every that, goddamn that night. I wanted to ask I you. I wasn't asking the I question ask in a, that sense. I want to ask just, a real question. Is it fair for me, as a real fan, but who also is very optimistic? Is it fair for me to say that my my goal or my my optimism is the Red Wings being good in about 2020? Is that fair or am I wrong, Joe? Good. I'm I mean, talking if, about if cup think, contender. Cup you're, contender. You're, you're probably right. Cup contender. Back to the old days. 97, okay, 98, cup, 2000, cup contender, 2001, yeah, 2020. 2020. Fair. Fair enough. That's all I'm saying. I don't mean to beat you up, man. It's just tough to talk about because I'm a, I'm almost as passionate as you but i'm not quite as passionate but it's tough for me man they're my i love hockey you know me i grew up playing it i love it 
It's tough, though, man. They're not going to be good till 2020, and it sucks. There's going to be years of us doing this banter of trades and coaching changes and GM changes and all this riffraff. But at the end of the day, man, it's going to be about 2020, 2021 before we're, we're talking Chicago Blackhawks status, L.A. King status, Stanley Cup playoff status. That's all my point is, and I didn't mean to get carried away. Yeah, with my but in, in all that in all that time there's a lot of changes that go on we get we can't just ignore those changes i mean dude this is like pretty much the lions every season so i don't know what you're so pissed about i'm not pissed it, <laughs> i was it, i didn't want to say it because i know he's gonna attack like the spines or something like that but we talk lions pretty much your eyes are blue in the okay face. guys well you, you realize the and super, the super bowl is this weekend like this you know that right and we haven't every, talked about every, one like two years every year like until they got bob quinn like or that they've been good for like three years now. But okay, yeah, I'm not. Dude, like our entire life, they've been mediocre for three we'll years. Talk about the Lions all the time. I'm well, not. I'm not here. No, listen, Jerry. No, I'm not here to argue about the Lions versus the Red Wings. I love them both, but I'm just saying it's Super Bowl weekend approaching, and we haven't talked about football once. And we're yeah, sitting we got here, plenty we're of airtime left. Yeah, and we're part of the reason we it. haven't got there yet is because you keep whining, Frank. Tony, you haven't said a fucking word besides bullshit, All right. so go ahead. Well, we we almost transitioned perfectly into our next topic, Until which Tony is the NFL, Lions, and Packers. And we all know what happened. They both uh, were just shithoused in their losses, pretty much. Both of them, Packers and Lions. Packers made a little bit further. Their Super Bowl was pretty much the Dallas game. But So looking to the Lions first, because we always do Lions first, Like, do you have hope for the future of the Lions? Or do you think it's going to be more the same? Like, we obviously don't have, we have to break down any games. It's been three weeks. But, like, looking, you guys understand what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, I'm, I would say I definitely do have hope for the future of the Lions because we saw a lot of their draft picks from this past draft work out for the team and play meaningful <laughs> roles, which I think will continue where they'll be able to draft well and build a core around Matt Stafford. And Ziggy Ansa. And I think that we will there will they will improve. I think next year we probably won't play as well because we're gonna be playing a lot uh I think I think we're gonna have a lot tougher schedule next year than we had this yeah, year. Yeah, the AFC North's pretty brutal. So that's gonna take us down a little bit next year, which then actually would actually help us a little bit in the fact that it'll give us a higher draft pick then. So I think we'll regress a little next year, but then the year after that, it should help us because at that point, we'll be three years into Bob Quinn as our GM, so we'll have three of his drafts. So we should have some talent on both sides of the ball where we can play consistently instead of these games where it's like our offense is lights out or our defense is lights out, but the other side of the ball just completely falls apart. Due to the Lions performance in December uh in specific the last four weeks um three three winning teams that they played and lost all three games and a playoff game against a winning team that they also lost and got eliminated from um I find myself as a true Lions fan detached uh detached from football I watched a little bit of the Green Bay Dallas game um I didn't joked around with Jerry a little bit I watched a little bit of the Steelers, uh, the Steelers game. I will watch the Super Bowl, but um, the Lions this season currently really detach me from from football. They disappointed me. They, they put us at a nine and four position. Um, they were in uh, a position to win win the division and host a playoff game, and they totally disappointed. And so, from that standpoint, 
I was, I'm out, you know, I, I'm out. I'll watch Super Bowl, I'll, I'll eat some nachos, I'll, I'll drink a Diet Coke big enough to swim in, and uh, it's all good, but I, I could care less. You know, that's just a Lions fan talking out loud. But um, as far as the future, yeah, man, I, I have faith. Um, you know, we've had a couple good years. They, they decided to keep Caldwell back. There was a big controversy over uh, a tri, trifecta of Martha, Quinn, and, um, and Caldwell, and they decided to keep him around for another year. So, sure, yeah, we have a late round. I think we're 21st overall in the draft position. Um, I have faith that Quinn can, can draft some players. I think we're about seven. I think it's fair to say we're about seven to eight pieces away from being even a, a legitimate contender at best. Um, someone opposite a Slay. Um, another linebacker, someone inside at the D tackle position, um, maybe another weapon at wide receiver later on. If we can find a steal at wide receiver, another one. I know Stafford's been criticized for getting um, pampered with. Uh, How many receivers do we need, Frank? Yeah, I was just going to that point, Tony, before he jumped in. But yeah, uh, I know Stafford's been criticized for getting pampered with weapons, but another receiver, uh, the aforementioned linebacker, corner. We need some pieces, man. And if we can get a good draft this year. We'll we'll continue to be a contender. Maybe not. Uh, maybe not have a, a successful a successful year as we did this year. But um, going forward, I like Quinn. I think Caldwell, um, if he can get his act together as far as game management, uh, controlling his timeouts, and uh, and just getting himself together, he's already got the locker room. The, the guys like him. But as far as game management, he's he's got a lot of work to do. We saw that a number of times in the season. Um, I think there's a bright future for the Lions, and uh, if they can continue to to develop and do their thing, and it's not a cliche, um, I think that they have a chance, especially in a division that's um, you know you know diminishing. Uh, Rodgers is the man; he proved that he he his team defense and offense was deteriorated, man. And and I as much as I love to make fun of Jerry. Man, that team was beat up, you know, and if they had a healthy team, they had a shot to go play the Patriots this weekend, this upcoming weekend. They really did, and that's just Rodgers being Rodgers, but it can't continue forever. Stafford's a couple years younger. We'll see what happens, and uh, I think the future is bright as opposed to dark, and that's just a fair take by me on the Lions. Joe, what do you got? I, I think the biggest thing for uh, – if, if we're talking circular the Lions here, I think the biggest thing for the Lions is uh, – Good free agency. I, I kind of heard some rumors uh, kind of floating around. JPP might might uh, want to sign with Detroit. Um, that that eliminates some maybe a need on on the other end of the ball for for uh, helping out Ziggy. Um, and then I, I think really where they gotta get get to get some uh, talent is linebacker. Um, I thought their secondary was actually not not too bad. Um, We're talking about the same well, JPP who has like two and a half fingers on one hand, right? Yeah, but he still had a good year, didn't he? Yeah, he had, a, he had a decent year. Not to mention the Lions. I think they had two sacks in the entire month of November. They do need a lot of help on that D line. Like it's a good, it's a solid D line. Like they don't give up like, huge explosive plays, but they don't really get to the quarterback as much as they should. Well, if you, if you look at the inside position, uh, we're missing a couple guys that that you might want to make fun of them or poke fun at them, and sue and fairly. That's why Ziggy shined. And despite injury, Ziggy fell off quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, you're not missing them. They're just gone. Missing makes it sound like they're injured. They're left well, the team. They're 
they're gone. I mean, they're missing. They're they're gone. I I guess I should have said it better, but they're gone. And now you see what happened with Ziggy. Despite injury, he didn't have as much success as when they were there. As I was saying, but I mean, they do have Ashawn Robinson. He's young. He's young. He's young. He played he, good. And Hyder showed out. But I'm saying they need a key guy in the middle to to help Ziggy. Ziggy's not just some guy. He's not J.J. Watt or some guy that's just going to come out there and and get a sack every single play, man. He needs someone in the interior to to perform. And that's just that's that's how most DNs work. You can be a good yeah. DN and do that. That's all I'm saying. I think man. part of the issue is the fact that we still have Holodi Nada out there and he didn't have a bad year. Didn't have a great year. That's true. Holodi Nada is a scrub. <laughs> well, so I mean that that that, that well, kind what of, are we talking that's about? That's kind of my point though. I mean they they have good they have a good free agency that kind of sets them up for the draft, which, you know, then they can be a little bit more specific in how they draft. And I mean, if you ask me for the lions, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe they continue to bolster their O line, getting that, uh, that tackle from Alabama, or maybe they go linebacker, which there's still going to be some very good linebackers left. When, when well, you're sitting the, at the projection right now, the, to your point, Joe, the projection right now for the lions to take at 21 is, um, God, his name escapes the miss, the missile linebacker from Alabama. Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw that too. They had him taking him there, and then they were also Ray talking. Foster. Oh no, I don't I mean, think that's his name. I have to see the lineup. I'm sounding unprofessional. I apologize for that, but it's a missile linebacker from Alabama. That's who we're projected to take. Yeah, and then there's also talk Tim about Kennedy. maybe creeping the guy from Clemson that balled out in the championship, taking him in like the third. The ultimate question, though, uh, what I wanted to present all to you guys, way, I've been thinking about this. Um, I've been thinking about this all week, and I wanted to ask you guys once we got in the air: is there's an underlying thing. The majority of people think that we will keep Stafford. We will pay him. He'll be a high, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in football. Um, but that is a big question from a, from a uh, financial standpoint and from a, a production standpoint um, is keeping Stafford and paying him and making him the highest paid player the, the best decision. I happen to think, just to preface, I happen to think we should keep him and build around him because – it could be a lot worse, even though it's not the best. It could be a lot worse. Do we keep him? And is it, no, it fair? Could be, it could be incredibly worse. Uh, they're they're not. When you look at good quarterbacks in the league, and then you look at like the middle of the pack, uh, like you say, you split the league into thirds as far as quarterbacks go, right? Yes, sir. I put Stafford in the top third. To me, the top, but the difference between the top third and the middle third, it's a pretty steep drop. And I, I think you got to keep Stafford. Well, you know, you, you got to throw all your marbles in that jar. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's that's my opinion. What do the Preston brothers think about I that? I mean, it depends how you're proposing the question. Do I think if I was running the Lions, would I give Stafford all that money if he wanted it? No, but you don't have a choice. Like Joey said, you're going to just end up in that quarterback hole. Can you play you the seesaw drop? Guys, seesaw on his way. I'm, I'm, I'm not seesawing. I'm making a point. Like if it was up to me, Stafford has already shown he isn't a Super Bowl caliber winning quarterback. He is probably the 10th best quarterback in the league. But then the day there's like five guys that are gonna get done. So unless the Lions do what the Ravens did and come with a great running game, or what the Broncos did with Peyton Manning and they had a, that solid defense, Stafford isn't gonna win you a Super Bowl. And it's Stafford has been in the league for like seven, eight years now at least, something like that. It's more than six. It's pretty clear at this point Nine. that he's not on the well, same level as a Brady, a Manning in his prime, a Rogers, Roethlisberger in his yeah, prime. Yeah, but I don't think it's as bad Ryan. as a Trent Dilfer. Dude, Matt Stafford is Jay Cutler with a better attitude, so people like him. He's got a huge arm, that's and he doesn't ri- that's, win. That's ridiculous. Jake Cullen would be better because he actually made NFC title games. 
Yeah, but and also one, one thing That's you got to look at yeah. is the fact that wh- how would you replace him if we? That's got what I'm saying. Him? So the That's the problem, dude. Stafford's got the Lions by the balls. He's going to stop paying him. But is it the right thing to do? I mean, you're going to pay him a bunch of money, and he's going to f- go nine and seven. I mean, best case scenario is. Stafford. That's an. I mean, that's Best an easy. Scenario, t- that's an easy get, like, take to say. Three studs on defense in the draft this year, and have an absolute monster defense. And Stafford can be the game manager that he is. Well, that's the. That's kind of the plan, Gerard. That's yeah, kind of that's the plan. really hard to do. Well, you count on Quinn to have a good draft. You have to keep Stafford. You you made a good point. The point is, you you really are between a rock and a hard place. You have to keep him, but it's not really that hard of a a, a spot. He's a top. I would say top 10 quarterback, to your point. A top 10 quarterback. And uh, you got to keep him around. you got to pay him. And that's just how quarterbacks work in this league. You have to pay him or else you end up with, you know, who's – name a guy. Name the guy from uh, from Jacksonville that just dropped Blake out. Blake Bortles. Or the guy from the Rams that just didn't even start. Jared Goff. All the guys. You know, you, you end up with something like that. So you have to have a quarterback who can compete. Yeah, you could also suck and end up with Jacob Eason two years down the line and be just fine, you know. Okay, well, we're not – really trying to be in that business, Gerard. I, I, I hear your point, but Unless not, the defense gets sick, they're not winning a Super Bowl with Stafford. I think it's that the Lions fans. defense... Tigers ain't going to win a major. You know okay, what I mean? Okay, all right. Well, and not, who says Jacob Eason's going to be I any good? Little, I disagree a little bit with that because, I mean, come on, man. Like, dude, the, the teams that have won Super Bowls with just like... With with, with an average quarterback, and that that's not to include Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, I, I mean, he, that dude's good to the day he dies. But like... Stafford's much better than the, the Brad Johnsons and the Trent Dilfers that have gone and won Super Bowls with like Agreed. incredible teams. Trent Dilfer has arguably the best defense, and they both those are two of the, like the top five defenses of all time. That's the exact point I'm making. I was trying to get to, a top but that's, five that's what I'm saying though. I don't think Stafford needs that to win a Super Bowl, man. Like I think yeah, he's better than those you other. You can find a game manager for was, a lot cheaper. Okay, I was trying to get to the Lions' defense. First of all, Stafford's better than a game manager. That's just that. There's no getting around that. I don't care what persuasion you I don't, are. Name one fact that makes him better than a game manager. They purposely try arm to limit strength, possession. Arm well, strength. There's all kinds of quarterbacks with great arm strength that are game managers. I'm talking about numbers, stats. Jerry, he's not a game manager. No one's ever Brady called him that. You're the only one in the and had in the more whole... t- touchdowns. Everybody calls him. Yeah, a game Brady's manager. the best quarterback to ever live. What are you What are you talking about? He played four. I'm talking about Jerry, real Jerry, numbers. We're not calling. We're not calling Stafford, Tom Brady, or I'm just Manning, saying he's above calling, average. We're also not calling. We're also not calling Stafford fucking. Andrew Luck or somebody like that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, what, honestly, I don't think I don't think Andrew looks that good. I don't, I don't get think, it. I, uh, I just don't get how uh, I I say some, one word about Stafford, then all of a sudden Tom Brady just jumps into the discussion. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, just, I'm talking about actual real numbers, like hardcore facts. Stafford is a game manager if you look at his numbers since Bob Cooter has been the offensive coordinator. Is Stafford an above edge? Above average quarterback. Yeah, I told you he's top 10, but at the end of the day, Stafford isn't going to do enough. So I was trying to get to the defense because you already referenced Peyton Manning. You, you're the one that said, somebody said it. Somebody said something about Peyton Manning. And he was in the twilight of his oh, career. and oh, he, because he won that Super Bowl. And he won the Super Bowl with the defense. I think the Lions defense is about four to five players away from being there. They were there in 2015. I truly, I stand by this, and this is not me being a homer or me being an entertainer or a, a fanboy. In 2015, I truly thought the Lions had a chance. I thought they did because of their defense. I thought the Lions had a I chance. Think you mean 2014? You could, no, I mean 2015 against the Cowboys. The I'll never forget it. Yes, they did, Jerry. Are you talking about the actual year or the season? It was the 2014 season. It was 2015 when they played the Cowboys, and 
I'd, I'd rather you not just season. question me. I'd rather All right, not well, question the 15th me. season was last season, and they didn't make the playoffs last season. So you're in 2015, saying, they played I'm just the just trying con- to clarify for the fans. I'm just telling you the facts for the fans. In 2015, they played the Cowboys, and I thought they stood a chance. You can talk about gamesmanship by, by being at Jerry World and the referees. I thought they stood a chance because of their defense. That was only two years away from where they are right now. I think they're about four pieces away, maybe five, from having a high-caliber defense. That's 40% of their defense, though, Frank. Tony, they rotate players. Not, you can't just say 11 they, on 11. If that was the case, then... How many players are left from that defense in that 2014-2015 season? It's the same coach on the defensive side right now, unless he gets a head coaching job. Sue, a Hall of Fame. You don't have Tullick in the middle. Levy was way better back then. Was Durant still outside, or was he gone? I think he You weren't gone. rolling out Josh Bynes and Tahir Whitehead back then. The point that I'm making is that their defense is a few pieces away. And one of the pieces that I mentioned was that linebacker, two of them actually, and a corner opposite the slate. If you're listening, I'm just saying two years ago. Those they were easy people to find, though. Well, when you have a good draft class, they are. Look at look at what the Patriots do. You you want to talk about Tom Brady and the Patriots. Good. They're ranked number one in the NFL right now, I think. I don't think that's true at all. I think that is true. Though just, the Houston finished with a number one ranked defense, so I know that's not true. As far as points allowed, I'm pretty sure you can look it up right now, and you have a laptop in front of you. I don't. You can look it up. I'm pretty sure the Patriots have some sort of number yeah, one ranked see, defense. Have you seen the schedule they played? Like the, the Browns? Okay, no, no, no. Okay, so, okay, well, Frank, I don't care. Well, Frank is referring Landry to Jones. No, Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Well, Frank is retur- well, Frank is referring to is New England does have the um, number one scoring defense in the league. Thank you. Like points against, or they score the points most points? Points allowed. No, no, no. They, they score the most points, I think. Like pick sixes and shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's, they're opportunistic. That's for so, sure. okay. That, that's here. That's a big deal. Though. Okay, that's a good. That's, <laughs> that's a, a good, big deal. <laughs> that's a big deal, and that's why they're in the pick Super Bowl. Changed, pick six. Pick six has changed. They're in the Super Bowl because Tom Brady's a goddamn monster. Is that why? And that Belichick has a little something to do with that too. There's a lot to do with it. Yeah, they were talking about that debate because without Brady, they went three and one. They went eleven five with Castle. Does Brady make Belichick? I mean, we're not gonna do that debate today. Maybe next week when our Super special Super Bowl edition. Bum, bum, well, that's bum, an bum. interesting debate too because not only were they without Brady when they went three and one, they got down to their third stringer and a rookie at the, of, the, of that matter, where they eventually just kind of ran out of steam without Brady. That you know the rookie started making some mistakes, but I mean like. Dude, that, also that's okay. Good. All right, guys, we're we're getting a little bit off. I I just want to go around the room one more time. I'll just start real quick. We'll go to the left. Lions future. You got to say bright or dark, and why? Real quick. I'm saying bright because we got Quinn. I'm saying we're a couple pieces away. We made the playoffs two out of the last three years. We have a good above average game manager. Good quarterback in Stafford. I think it's bright rather than dark. That's all the point that I was making. Tony, what do you think? You're my left. Uh, I would say bright as well because Bob Quinn, and if he can repeat the success he had with this draft with the future drafts, I mean, I think we're definitely going to see the uh, Lions overall trend upwards. Jerry, without bashing anyone, what do you think? Uh, if you're talking in Lions history since we've been alive, it's brighter than that because this season they beat Every they beat the teams they should. Besides, they beat the teams they should, and they only had two bad losses on the season, which is really rare for the Lions. But then the day they still didn't beat a single team that made the playoffs. So okay, it Joe, can't be that bright. But in terms of, their, I think they're gonna be a solid team, like about an eight and eight, nine and seven. For a what, do, years. what do people in Washington think, Joe? So I think uh, 
Tony, you kind of hit my first one. I think Bright because of Bob Coyne in the draft. I think they had. I think they for the first time in a long time, they subtly had a very good draft, where players in later rounds are actually contributing, like Miles Killebrew and 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 guys like that, have actually Beautiful. been able to come in and contribute for this team. Um, you know, Taylor Decker did pretty good. Ashawn Robinson did pretty good. Uh, that that's not normal for a Lions draft. You know, you you're just wondering if the first overall pick that they had uh, is going to be a bust or not. Um, but I, I say I say I say bright because of Bob Quinn and also because back back to your point, Frank, they do have a quarterback, so they're not looking to draft just a quarterback and, and waste waste a, a, a first round pick on something like that. They they have their quarterback, they have I think a couple of good receivers. They can kind of leave that area alone. I think running back and defense is where they need to start really uh, going to work. So um, they, they they have holes to fill. They they kind of have more specific holes to fill, and I think it's it's. It's a little bit easier from there, so I'd say bright. Thank you. I just want to say one last thing because uh, there are two Packer representatives on this show, and Tony even sometimes leans leans that way just because because of, of upbringing. But um, before we go uh, on the Lions, that is, um, I just wanted to say they brought it up on when the Lions had like what was it two or three national games towards the end of the season? Was it three three in a row? including the playoffs. They had three national TV games in a row. And um, one of the announcers made a great point. As far as the offensive line, uh, at the beginning of the games, all three of them, to be honest, uh, Zach Zenner, who's not your, you know, great, he's not Adrian Peterson, let's put it that way. Um, he had some tremendous success. And uh, the, the announcer made the point that our offensive line, when I say our, I mean the, the Lions, the offensive line is very young, but they're, a bunch of first rounders. So on top of all those pieces that need to be filled in on top of Quinn doing his thing in the, in the future, which we've all kind of consensed that is bright. Um, if these first round line linemen can, can develop and be better and grow, that's another uh, attribute, especially getting Riddick back, Riddick back and Abdullah back who were, were both lost in this season, which we made the playoffs in. Um, I think that offensive line with a bunch of first rounders on there and young talent can um, can also be a factor in in a bright future to our point. So I, I just wanted to say that about the line. But um, the Packers are another whole other story, and we can get into that. And Jerry's probably gonna have to lead that discussion. So all right, so trying to be totally objective on the Packers and answering the same question: Do I think their future is bright? As it sits right now, well, let's start with the Dallas game because they won that. Yeah, they won the Dallas game. That was great. Start there. If you, want, if you want to break down the season, they went on an incredible eight-game run. But in reality, they didn't. Every team they beat pretty much this season did not have a very good offense because their defense sucked. There's no way around that. So if you look at their stretch, they beat the Eagles. The Eagles' offense wasn't prolific. They killed the Giants in the playoffs. Not prolific. The only really good offense they beat was the Cowboys. And I think that they honestly kind of lucked into getting up twenty-one to three. You know what I mean? They got the penalty on the one that could be twenty-one to twenty-one, and then get shit house in the second half of that game. They get shithoused by the Falcons. There's no way around any of that. But they beat... What about the Lions offense? The Lions offense was pretty horrible this year. <laughs> I mean, they're in that run. Who else is in that run? The Seahawks offense on the road struggled all season long besides the Patriots game. So they got them. Can I ask you a question as a Packers fan? Yeah. That throw on in the Cowboys game by Rodgers, was that more... On the on the receiver or was that on Rodgers? Who 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 was more who who do you give more credit to on that play? 
Because that, that oh, won the that's game. A, that's a good I, question. I, now, I want an honest answer. Who well, do you give credit to? Since this is how Rodgers drew that play up in the huddle, I'm going to go 50-50. He threw that ball. First of all, you realize... Give me a 50-50 on that. It's 50-50 for sure. Quarterbacks Jesus rolling Christ. to the left, if it's a right-hander, is very unnatural. Rodgers has been practicing. If you go back to his Cal days, they used to roll on to the left all the time. And that's he. I think he rolled to the left on the... Um, yeah, I think he did roll to the left on the one against the uh, Lions, the too. Hail Mary, yeah, we know. Yeah, so he rolls to the left. If so it's 50-50, you don't have to talk about have, all this. You're throwing the ball 35 yards and trying to fit it into a keyhole, and you don't have any feet behind you. That's literally everything they tell you not to do when you're a quarterback. He did on that play. It's almost like Steph Curry hitting, like, 27-footers. It's changing the game when he can do things like that. I mean, it's probably saying the Cowboys defense for breaking down. But so I it's 50, not 51-49? I go 50-50 right down the middle. That was a great catch by Cook and great to get his feet in and great to go out of bounds. And also 50%. Rodgers drew up the play. He rolled to his left. He They freaking... Uh, I think they said the head coach called for that blocker that came out because the Cowboys had a spy on him. So you stand by the, the fact that that was, a, that was designed. That was not an anomaly. That was a designed, perfect play. Rodgers literally, you could see, you can see him drawing it up on TV. He drew it up. Randall Cobb said he drew it up in the hole. But the way it turned out, that was that was all skill. That was there was no luck involved in that. Well, I mean, he was looking for Cook wasn't his first read. No, okay. there wasn't luck. That was hundred okay. percent skill. All right, I'm asking. I the was Giants, Hail Mary, luck. The one against the Cardinals, there was some luck involved there. But the one so against was the, the Lions. The Lions one was perfectly executed. That's, that's I the was best just asking a Packers fan. You're the only the one I know ever thrown in the history of the NFL. You're the only Packers fan I really know. And well, there was some luck on the Lions one. The fact that the Lions took their best pass rusher and Ziggy Ansah and put him at linebacker, and put him thirty yards yeah, down the field. Yeah, I don't think that coaches just being morons is luck. That though. pass back I don't and put forth that kind of luck. thing. You know what I mean? Like if I try to give a duck a steak and he can't eat it, I don't think it's luck that it didn't eat it. That's just fucking me being an idiot. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But if we're looking to the future of the wow. Packers, honestly, as it stands, I'm not going to like you guys are saying Bob Quinn's going to have a good draft. The Packers missed on a couple of draft picks. They normally do have good drafts. But as it stands right now, I don't think their future is bright. And I hate saying that offensively, obviously, it's great. Rodgers seems to be killing it. But their defense is just so like, I don't think they stopped the Falcons once. Rodgers would have score every time. And that's just not realistic, no matter how good you are. Like I want Rodgers to get to play his defense. I'd like to see that scrimmage. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but as it stands okay. right now, I mean, it's. It's I, as a Packers fan, I don't see him making it to the Super Bowl next year. And I, their attitude was pretty much just like we're gonna remember the good things from the season. We're like a couple pieces away. I hate to say in a couple pieces away. Everybody's a couple pieces away. You get Von Miller, keep to leave in his prime, and fuck Bradley Roby. Yeah, you're gonna be sick. You know Chris Harris Jr. Not every team's gonna have that. So no, I don't think the Packers' future is bright as it stands right now. Come to me after draft day, and it might be different. I think the Packers, um, as an organization, have a lot of fight in them. So I think when draft day comes, you just mentioned draft day. I think they'll uh, they'll have a little bit a little bit of success. I think they'll have success uh, in all all seven rounds. I think they'll 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 pick some guys. I think also being the the organization they are, they'll also have a little bit of success in in free agency. I think that they know that they're deteriorated deteriorated. I think they know that this was unbelievable by Rodgers to carry a team that would have been in the single digits as far as wins goes without Rodgers. For sure. I don't think anyone in this table or anyone out there can argue that. Dude, they probably they would have gone 0-16 without Rodgers. They probably season. wouldn't have won a game without Rodgers. Yeah, exactly. So Rodgers played his best. He played his ass off. He was dancing around. He was making unbelievable plays. And you know what? It's hard for me to say that as a Lions fan. It's very difficult for me to say that out loud. 
Rodgers played good. Not, in, not even good. He played tremendous. So I think the organization will take that into account and uh, have a good draft, take some free agents and, and do their thing. However, I think they're so beat up and so deteriorated that they'll they'll be a competitor as they always are. I think I don't know. I, well, you probably know the record better than me. I think over the last ten years they made the playoffs like eight or nine times. They've just they they've have just won missed, the division. But they're tied for the Patriots for the longest record. So they're gonna they're gonna be competitor. Eight, I, so years? so I'm gonna I'm actually gonna have to disagree with Gerard, which is fucked up because. Uh, he he says. <laughs> I never thought this would be the take. He said he said they're not going to be bright. I think it's going to be bright, man. I think it's going to be very competitive as far as the Lions go, and the Packers, and even uh, even Minnesota, who's you know if they can find themselves uh, a quarterback, and who knows, Adrian Peterson just came out in in the media and said he can play another five years. We'll see if that's true, but it's going to be a competitive division. The black and blue division, the NFC North, is always competitive. I think they got a shot just as good as the Lions or the Packers or the Lions or the uh, Bears or the, the Vikings got a shot. I think it's bright. Um, so I'm not I'm not going to discredit the Packers. I'm not going to downplay them. Rodgers, I think the one point to Jerry's is uh, Rodgers, I think, gave it all he had, man. They were up against it. There was talk of him not even making the playoffs. There was talk of them being done. There was talk of the coach being fired. And he said, we're going to run the table. And they did. And they beat the Lions in a, in a high-profile game at the end of the season. And they beat, them, uh, they beat a, a team in the playoffs in the Cowboys that were predicted to win the Super Bowl. And it was all great. And they proved everyone wrong. But the fear I have, even though I think their future is bright, because Rodgers still has some life left in him, uh, the fear I have is that he put all he had in this season. Man, I don't know how much more he, he has competitively to offer I really don't. I mean, I really don't. You don't know man. how true it is, but they talk about Rodgers like loves practicing and loves being a competitor. He's got at least three, four more years. That arm hasn't deteriorated. He hasn't even shown. No, no, I never questioned down. his arm. I'm not questioning his arm, but with all the drama and all the stuff that was going on this year, I don't know if he can go through he's, that again. I think man. he was happy to make the playoffs and shove it in all the pundits' face. Rod, dude, he's a professional. Do he's, you understand what I'm saying? I at get least what you're though? saying. Like he gave. gave That's it a all. fair point. Like, Rosberg is talking about retirement and stuff like that. Rodgers talks about he doesn't want to play till he's forty things along that line but Rodgers he's a true professional he shows up every day I mean with his probably Louis Vuitton lunch pail but still with a lunch pail I'm not worried about that at all I'm just worried about the fact that their defense when Bart Scott There's a lot said to the fill. Patriots defense couldn't stop a nosebleed the Lions or the Packers defense couldn't stop like the smallest of cuts from bleeding you would bleed out if well you it doesn't help that Julio Jones is a gangster and I hope he gets a ring by the way I just want to throw that out. we're saving our predictions for next week but I just I just want to throw that out there that Julio Jones is a gangster but go ahead Tony, I, I thought you were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I definitely disagree with Jerry as well. I mean, you have Aaron Rodgers, who's probably one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. So He's arguably the best. He's one or two. Once again. You so just th- said it wasn't bright. Let him talk. Go ahead. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, your offense is always going to be good. He's proven that it doesn't really matter who his receivers are. He can get the job done. So, I, I think this is going to be – uh, like the draft for them was a few years back where it's like all defense as they try and strengthen that defense. And also you got to hope that, uh, I mean, I think if they would have had maybe half the injuries that they had this year, we could be talking about them facing the Patriots right now. But when, that, that's... when you're rolling out like your third stringer in almost every position on your defense because of injury, 
You're lining up they safeties had, at corner. No, they had yeah. multiple practice squad players playing their secondary. I get that. Like, it's not all on Dom Capers and the shitty defense, but, like, Randall and Rollins were getting torched, and they were first and second round picks. You know what I mean? Dayton Jones, first round pick. Where the fuck is he? Their linebackers are Blake Martinez and Jake Ryans, and bless their heart, they're both great tacklers and can play downhill, and they have uh, Joe Thomas come in for passing downs, but they don't have a stud middle linebacker. They're not going to find... Okay, listen, let, me, let, me, let me say one thing. Joe, about what was it? About a month ago, Joe said the Packers are going to win out and the Lions are going to lose out, and I laughed at him on this show. And you know, as much of a bully as I can be, sometimes I have to look back on that and say, "Dude, you were right." So I think Joe needs to have a, at least a fair standpoint and have a say on this because he was right and I was wrong. Joe, bright or dark on the on the Packers? Uh, I, I want to say bright. I know, I know Jerry was a little skeptical by saying, Hey, two, two or three pieces away. Um, that's, that's two or three pieces plus being healthy. Like Tony just said, I mean, dude, they made it all the way to the NFC title game. Like that, that's, that's like completely different yeah, from another true. team who didn't even make the playoffs. Saying, I think oh, we're changing two, two Jerry's pieces, mind. Two, two or three pieces, mind, uh, away from being a good team. Like, like they, they got the offense right now. They just they they just need to have good free agency and a, and a good draft and I mean that could help a lot and so I I think the Packers really are just a, a couple pieces and maybe a, a few strokes of good luck away from being fucking back back in the show and, and think about that game too how they didn't get any stops there there is there is a couple turnovers that they should have gotten in the offense the offense also failed to help them out um, with the fumble and the missed field goal I mean that dude they make the field goal. And Rubkowski ends up punching a touchdown and, and not fumbling the ball. Uh, and then and then uh, that the linebacker Ryan falls on that fumble off off the ass of that receiver. Totally different game. Completely different game. So is, and, it, is um, let me say one. So is this fair to say then, Joe? Because we all, besides Jerry, I think he's even changing his mind. But I'm not changing my mind. Okay, well you're not. Quit saying that. So three out of four think it's bright. But so with Aaron Rodgers and. I would say, in fairness, three years of good quality shelf life left, maybe more, three to five years of good quality shelf life, he can make an offense. We've already seen that. That's why they got to the NFC Championship. Aaron Rodgers is the reason why they got there. So with building a defense, which could be done in one to two drafts, um, could put put them on the bright side, which we, three out of four, 75% of the show agree on. Aaron Rodgers can make the offense despite any adversity for three to five more years of shelf life and the defense needs to be built upon. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Tony, is that fair? Yeah. Okay. No, no I, actually, I do agree that, yeah, they get a couple pieces on defense. They can be right there and compete, but I don't have faith I mean, they were right one game away from the NFC title. They got blown out in fairness. They got blown away, blown away by the, the Falcons, but Aaron Rodgers took an offense that sucked by himself, basically, and won yeah, and you know games. What, and Multiple. I know, I know Rodgers always says he'd rather I'm have defending a, Aaron Rodgers. This is terrible. Rodgers always says he'd rather have an A offensive line and F receivers than a C offensive line with A receivers. Because if you have an A offensive line, you'll find somebody open. But just once. Once in my lifetime. Like, they were talking about... You lost me already, but you keep going. In the last, like, seven years, besides when they took... um. They took a tackle in the first round. They go defense in the first round every year. I just want the Packers for once to be able to go out there and get Rodgers a weapon. And I know if you look at the numbers, having an OBJ or a Calvin doesn't necessarily get you there. But if you had somebody that could just 
take the top off a goddamn defense out there for Rodgers. What about your boy? Jordy Nelson? Yeah. He's a great receiver, but he's... He's past his. I mean, he's not past his. I think he led the league in touchdowns, and Devontae Adams can ball too. But because of the guy that I just a, mentioned, Rodgers has never had somebody as good as Julio Jones is or Calvin Johnson. He's had really good. Jared Michael Finley could ball, and Jared Cook seems to be doing all right in the system. But like, like even Tom Brady has Gronkowski. And I know he's not healthy this year, but like, just give me somebody like that, like a tight end with huge hands and a fat ass to block somebody. Well, then, then say the future is bright and just just say it's, just, I don't have faith they're going to get it done. So who wins the North next year? The Packers. They probably lose in the divisional round. So telling us that, I don't think the North is very strong. The Bears don't have a quarterback. The Vikings, we saw what happened. To them. I don't have control of the buttons, people. I can't do a drop, but yeah, I don't have control of that. But that doesn't uh, make me seesaw. I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. I didn't, I didn't say seesaw. You title, said seesaw. I didn't say the seesaw. In title who town, said seesaw? It's the reason why Green Bay is called Title Town is Rodgers has to get another ring, and that's probably I don't see it happening next year. So I don't think next year's future. I mean, maybe. Ah, I'm not asking for the world here. I just said brother dark. They have like the 29th ranked defense. I made that. It's just ridiculous. All right, you know what? They suck. Fuck them. I hate the Packers. I, 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 I can't believe I was defending suck. them. I hate them. They suck. All right, I say, um, Joe, do you have any more thoughts? Tony, you have any more thoughts? Uh, I think I think Jerry's just being a little too hard on it, but we can move on to the Super Bowl. Are we Are we doing the Super Bowl? Are we doing a I show? I think we're doing the Super Bowl next week, Joe. We're doing the, we're doing the Super Bowl next oh, okay. week. We're teasing the okay. Super Bowl. It's a tease. What we're going to do, actually, is take a 30-second break, which we rarely do, and then we're going to talk about a little bit of UFC and uh, anything else we want to talk about. How's that sound? Sounds good. Sounds good. good. Revolutionary Sports Front. Okay. Revolutionary Sports Front, and we are back. And, uh, okay, so we've we've had some heated discussions. We've talked Red Wings. We've talked Lions. We've talked Packers. We've talked football in general. Um, we always love to end the, end the show or, or towards the end to talk a little bit about UFC. And uh, as we know, Tony is our, um, our resident guy but i'm i'm catching up with him you know i'm catching up with him as far as the ufc knowledge goes and and uh and all that good stuff i'm waiting for a drop right, well, there it is we all are bowing at you now tony <laughs> so um anyways so chael sonan chael p sonan the ace of spades the ace of hearts um my man crush fought um in in bellator against tito ortiz in his last fight his retirement fight and, um, the retirement fight for Tito. We been, yeah, for Tito. And Chael's got a six-fight six contract with Bellator. Uh, I, uh, I've been talking about this for months, briefly on the show. I've been referencing it January 21st at, at the forum in, in uh, Inglewood, California. And um, he came out there. He got Tito into a quick position, uh, lost it, and he lost the fight in a matter of minutes. And it was a very big disappointment. And that sucks for me. But... Um, you know, if you listen to Chael after, he's not giving up. He's got five more fights on his contract. He's going to do his thing. I have 100% faith that he'll come back and beat up uh, Vanderlei Silva. And there's a whole narrative you can talk about. I could, I could do a whole podcast in itself on, on what's going to happen in the near future with Chael Sonny because he's not gone. But um, the point that I want to bring up, and mostly with Tony, but as the, the cast as a whole, is, is Bellator. Because, man... Um, you're talking about this battle between ratings and pay-per-view. 
So you got this this tremendously built up fight between Chael and Tito, and there were some great fights in the undercard, by the way. That flying knee by the uh, Tony. You're gonna have to help me out here with his name, but the black the black British guy. Give me his name. Paul Daly. Paul Daly with the flying knee and the spinning back fist and a tremendous knockout over hey, the. Hey, I mean it's probably one of Paul Daly's best highlight reels because the biggest uh, video clip that we saw of him before was uh, when he punched Josh Koch- Josh Koscheck after the final bell in the UFC, and uh, that led to his being cut from the UFC. But Yeah, I remember that. And he also cut a promo on, um, on a side note, he also cut a promo on, uh, on Rory McDonald and said, you know, this UFC bullshit won't fly around here. He wants to fight him too. But anyways, so Bellator is coming up, man. So you're talking about ratings versus pay-per-view, free TV versus pay-per-view, and man, I mean, you can take the fight away between Chael. I thought it was going to be a better fight. I thought Chael was going to get his hand raised, and I would have. If you put a gun to my head, I would. I would have defended Chael. I still will. But um, he didn't win. He lost. And it was very clear from the promotion standpoint that they wanted Tito to win the fight. They're singing the national anthem before. They're doing the whole bit. It's this big promo, and it was a huge success as far as a promotion standpoint goes. But oh yeah, the, fu- the ratings on that were, that fight were huge yeah the ratings were huge and it was great and it was it was awesome but the the fight and the fact of the matter is the fight lasted two minutes it sucked but from a promotion standpoint they killed it so what i'm asking you tony and i'm asking you because you're the resident um what does bellator mean to the mma world what does their their new leader mean because uh, he had a tremendous success in um in strike force and all that what does that mean as far as, you know, because now, you know, back in the day, you would have UFC, you'd see Anderson Silva come out wearing Burger King trunks, wearing Nike trunks. You'd see guys coming out with their with their sponsors. Now with the Reebok deal, there's been problems. You don't see GSP fighting. You don't see guys like that. You don't see them because there's controversy. So what does Bellator mean as a rival to the UFC? What does it mean in general? And what does the whole situation mean to you? Because you follow the sport very closely and so do I but I'm still second in command on this on this ship so I I just I'm curious I'm curious I mean it's one of those things where um for the UFC is a situation where they have they're starting to gain a competitor again when Bellator first came out on the scene you had UFC number one strike force was number two and Bellator kind of became like the number three promotion. Of course, Strikeforce ended up getting bought out by the UFC and that eliminated them. And Bellator was number two, but they were a distant number two at that point. Their big thing was um, their turn where they did, they had what they had tournaments where it was like, okay, we got, you know, eight guys who like, here are our top eight guys in the lightweight division. We're going to see them by how we have them ranked one through eight. And we're going to have these guys fight each other tournament style, not like one night tournaments, but over the course of like a year where then the final event of the year would be the two guys remaining in the tournament fighting for the vacant title because they didn't have title holders when they started out. They have these tournaments to get title holders. Now, a lot of the tournaments that they have are for the next shot at the belt. And I think that's interesting in that. I mean, sometimes you'll see these guys who um, they're coming off a lot of the regional promotions and, you know, they're the reigning lightweight champ in the regional promotion. And then they come out into Bellator 
and they're the eighth-seeded guy in the tournament, and then the first thing they do is they come out and they knock out the number one seed. And everybody's like, wait, what happened? This guy just... And then it's kind of like these guys coming out. Like, why don't they came Cody Garbrandt just, like, came into the UFC and just started tearing through the division and is now the bantamweight champion, where you got these guys that can come out of nowhere and get a title shot, which we're seeing a little bit more of that in the UFC just because of the fact that, uh, especially with the guys getting better at the trash talking and calling people out to try and advance their careers, and the fight's not being just based completely on the rankings. And also with Bellator, because guys can keep their sponsors that they lost with the UFC due to the Reebok deal. They got the sponsorship money coming in for fighters where if you're a good fighter, then you're going to be able to get a bunch of money from sponsors. Well, the point that I, that, okay, that all makes sense. Everything you just said makes sense. And you're, you're the expert, but what I'm, what I'm looking at as a casual thing, cause I'm just now getting into the Bellator thing. And now you would think of Bellator before earlier as, Older guys, you know, like such as Chael or Tito and things like that. Guys who can't cut it in the UFC, can't do it in the UFC. They they go to Bellator because, you know, it's a second option. It's like kind of like a retirement plan. That's a metaphor. I'm not, I'm, that, that's no quote. That's just me saying well, it. Actually, but what I'm, what, let me finish real quick. But what I'm saying is now you see these young guys in there that are killers and it's coming. It's becoming competitive, and they're kind of chomping at the bit. They're calling out guys in the UFC. So, do we see a rivalry here? And also, what does that mean? Like, is, is do we see like a dual sport now, UFC and Bellator, or is it still UFC number one and Bellator number, you know, little brother? I'd still say UFC is definitely the number one MMA promotion in the future. However, I, I mean, talk about free TV, free TV. Yeah, they they're putting up massive ratings. They try to do a pay per view. Uh, a while back, Bellator did, and it completely bombed. It was just a complete disaster. Wasn't it like Kimbo or something? Or no, it was uh, King Mo and Rampage. Okay. okay. But, uh, I mean, one thing with Bellator now is, yes, they are signing guys from the UFC who aren't guys at the end of their career. It's Because when Bellator first started, it was guys who were past their prime from the UFC plus... These young up-and-comers. And that's why I'm alluding to the transition. Now, I mean, what you're seeing is guys who are trying to basically get what they're worth. I see which what you is, mean. Yeah, no, like, I know what you Roy, mean. Like Rory McDonald. This guy was... That's where I was going. Thank you. Well that's... on his way to a welterweight title shot. He's still a young guy. He's just coming into his prime now. And Bellator was willing to pay him more than the UFC. And it's one of those things where you look at guys like Ben Henderson, who was at the tail end of it. He's at, he was definitely at the tail end of his prime with the UFC, but he was still probably a top 10 guy in the UFC. And it was a situation where when he signed with Bellator and they asked him like, well, well why would you sign with Bellator? And he's like, well, they gave me more money. And he's like, and the UFC's argument is, oh, well, we can give you locker room bonuses. And he's like, and there's these fighters who are like, listen, I got bills to pay. I can't be like, oh, hey, sorry, uh, mortgage company. I can't pay for my house this month because I was hoping to get a locker room bonus. But the UFC decided that I wasn't good enough for locker room bonus this time around. So there could be a transition going on. Yeah, what they're doing is they're taking the guaranteed money over the 
you know, possibility for bonuses and stuff like that. And also the fact that when you look at it, like sponsor, like I was saying with sponsorship wise, they can earn more there where even if say UFC is like, Oh, we'll give you 30 and 30. So like 30,000 to show 30,000 if you win and Bellator is saying we can give you 20 and 20, but then you're getting, you know, another 40,000 right. in sponsorship money. Right. I understand. We have three more things to cover and we'll, we'll break them down very concisely. I'm, I'm not trying to put the audience to sleep, but the UFC and Bellator are upcoming. They are coming. And as far as this podcast is concerned, it's going to be a, a big deal in the upcoming months. I promise you that. So now I want to ask you one UFC from the UFC standpoint, you have Conor McGregor, you have Ronda Rousey, who just lost her second bout in a row, and that's about it as far as star superstar power goes. I mean, you want to name a couple guys, and I want to drop this name. Now that he beat Dominic Cruz, I want to drop Cody Garbrandt. I want to say, uh, get your take on him as far as him being a possible superstar. Also, Conor McGregor. What's his what's his deal? He just came out with that four ninety five. He charged. I've never heard of this, guys. This is kind of breaking news as far as our show goes. You maybe you heard about it. He charged four ninety five for an interview with Ariel Hawani. Um, on I think it was online. It was like a black tie event in like in Manchester. Four dollars and ninety five cents. Yeah, four four dollars ninety five cents to stream it. It was a black tie event. He rolled up in a Bentley in uh, Manchester. So he charged $5 essentially for an interview with Ariel Hawani. And now you can YouTube it for free, which I don't know why anyone would pay, would pay $5 for it. But I listened to it today at the gym. So you got Conor McGregor, you got Rousey who's gone. I mean, I'm a huge, I'll, I'll, I'll shout uh, the lioness, Amanda Nunez told the, till I die until she loses. I'll shout her name. But as far as super, front runner, front runner, as far as uh, superstars go, they're they're limited. So, give me give me a take on Garbrandt. Uh, give me a take on McGregor and possibly boxing, and also the UFC in general because they got new ownership and they're lacking superstars. McGregor's having a kid. What's going on? Anyone can talk. I mean, Jerry and Joey, you're more than welcome yeah, to join be- the forum. Before we get to the superstar thing, there's a lot to talk about. I would just like to say, as a casual fan, I think what ruined boxing was the fact that they don't have one belt. And like, I'm against monopolies because, you know, it's just the wrong thing to do economically. But when it comes to sports, you only need one NFL. You only need one Ultimate Fighting League. And if the UFC doesn't start paying their people more like giving them a higher cut of the pay review i don't get how some of these guys go out there and fight for 100 grand when boxers like crappy boxers make 100 million dollars for a fight boxers i couldn't pick thank out of a you lineup. that's all I was at. Like, now see this is the, good passion well, actually, show some passion actually when you're talking about boxers making 100 million a fight that's not true at all a lot of these up-and-coming boxers until you're a guy who is headlining a main card you ain't making shit in boxing Okay. Yeah, well, but I'm, okay. There's boxers Jerry has a who fair pull point. in more than like what Nunez got before she got her part of the pay per view. Like when she got the disclosed person, that is Nunez true. got like three hundred grand. There's boxers true. who go out and fight on HBO that I don't even know the names of. That are fighting for like the WBC. And they like, get a million bucks, straw weight belt, and they get like way Over more than million. Nunez would yeah. get. The UFC has to start like I, it's a really great scheme because they were the only game in town for a long time with any respect. 
but either they have to they got to start giving their people more money to keep them in as a fan because there ends up being like a split like two, like Roy McDonald's not being in the UFC this is the first I heard of it that makes me sad because I thought Roy was like he's the in next Bellator coming. now yeah yeah he's in Bellator who the hell is he gonna fight over there like oh these guys are good Ben and, Henderson yeah, okay yeah so then, that's what I'm saying the now you have two they... leagues and that waters down the sport the same way it does since ever since the heavyweight title hasn't been unified Tyson or Holyfield whoever the hell had it last Lennox Lewis. Boxing has gone to absolute shit, and it got ruined by the mobs. Some people say all that crap. The UFC and Bellator, it's, it's, this is an instance where competition is normally good for the market. In sports, it's not. Because you're going to divide fans, you're going to water down your product, and it's not going to be as fun. So I hope... But in this case, competition is good for the fighters. Yeah, no, it's great for the fighters can get paid more and they can leverage against each other. No, it's great for them, but as for fans, it's not good. The point, this is, I'm glad you two I'm are, not going to watch no, Bellator. Listen, the, no, I watch Bellator, but the, the point I'm making is I you, don't give a you, guys, you guys are going back and forth and this is what I wanted to do because as much as we talk about the Super Bowl, and the, or we, we didn't talk about that, but NFL, the Lions, the Packers, UFC is coming and there's, there's a, this is like almost a revolution of some sort as far as, Mixed martial arts. It's not boxing anymore. And the only chance we have left of boxing is McGregor versus, versus Floyd. But it's MMA. And I'm telling you guys, I'm, we'll be innovators here on the show. It's, it's coming. We'll be talking about it more on this show as time progresses. I'm telling you. So this is good that you guys are getting emotional and talking about it. But what is, what is the word on the street is the point that I'm making. Like, what are we talking about? But we have to have an upcoming star. Cody Garbrandt went out there and dominated Dominic Cruz. I think he's the closest yeah, thing I you have to Cody a superstar. I think when Cody pulled that little kid on stage that he like is best friends with because his dad died. I think he's, he's got the kid with, with the terminal illness. He's got no, he's the, break dancing. That's the closest thing you got. But other than that, McGregor's having a kid. He's got some sort of beef. If you listen to the interview, the aforementioned interview that cost five dollars that I got for free. Uh, he's ripping the UFC, bashing them, saying, I don't know why they're against me. So that's the only superstar they got. Ronda Rousey just got fucking knocked into space. Name oh. another superstar. I mean, they don't I, have I, one. They don't have one. I even, challenge you. Even Name Cruz one. had all those def- title defenses, and he was a really good fighter, but he's not a marketable person. And he's just Cody a, is. He's a bantamweight no-name. McGregor, after he got like those belts and shit, I think McGregor's just literally all about the paycheck. And this, this is, He is about the paycheck. And this, listen to this. McGregor... Just two months ago, on the fight card, Madison Square Garden, first of all, they didn't fucking, br- the fucking belt, they didn't bring his fucking belt in until he demanded it. He's a double world champion. They barely brought it in, and they're not even promoting it. Why? I'm asking you, Tony, the resident, I'm asking you as a fan, Joe, I, I, I don't even know if Joe's still here, but I'm asking why are they ignoring the fact that he's a double champion? They did it for one night. And he's all of a sudden he's gone. There's no superstar left. There's no promotional standpoint. It's because with the UFC, where is it? It's always been brand over personalities. The so UFC, they're trying to weed them out. The U to, to the UFC, you don't want anybody. They don't want any fighters that are bigger than the brand, the, which is probably taking up the NFL's motto, which is the same thing. Nobody's bigger than the Shield in the NFL. Exactly because. NFL, like, yeah, there's a few superstars like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Those guys are superstars. But at the same time, we tune in every Sunday to watch NFL games. Everybody, every Sunday, there's people all across the country. But do you feel that with the UFC without McGregor or Rousey or or 
I mean, we just mentioned Garbrandt. He just came to the scene. But, I mean, what the a, UFC I'm thing. a fan of Super Sage North. I mean, but who are we going to watch? I mean, what are we going to watch? It's not the same as the, the NFL. The point is you tune in because it's UFC, so you know it's going to be I good get fight. the point, but do you believe that? I, I like Nunez. It's been working up till now. Okay, I'll, I'll name yeah. names. I'm going to name names, and then you guys agree or disagree. Whatever. I'm going to name Nunez. I'm going to name McGregor. I'm going to name Super Sage Northcutt. I'm going to name Chael Sonnen. I'm going to name, oh, man, I'm, I'm Diaz. I'm going to name uh, Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz. And that's about it. I mean, if Rousey does come back, yeah, sure, I'll watch. She's yes. probably going to get her ass whooped again. But, I mean, name them. Those are all marketable fighters, which is what they want. They're not marketable fighters, but they don't want one fighter to become such a superstar that they're bigger than the UFC and they can dictate what the UFC Correct. does. Correct. Well, that works. The work. UFC wants it to be... I'm going to buy UFC 208 coming up because it's UFC 208, not because of the fights that are on the card. So do you think that that's – I understand – Tony, you're 100% right. I you understand. Really good point. I like no, he, you make a great point, but it's not the NFL, dude. Like, we're we're going to watch okay, football no matter what. Do you believe in that is what I'm asking. I'm asking do you believe in that? Are you gonna, you're going to tune in because you're a fighter fan. You're a fight fan. I'm going to tune in because I'm a fight fan, but we're the minority – I mean, are you going to tune in as a casual fan to watch, you know, Woodley versus uh, Stephen Thompson? No, but the whole UFC model has been this entire time. They have cards. I understand, Tone. It's fight fans are like, oh, yeah, this fight's going to be good, even though mainstream casual fans don't know who's fighting on the card. But what happens is you have those events with McGregor. Anderson Silva, you have those superstars. I forgot Silva's name yet, but he's getting old. Chuck Liddell, even when Chuck Liddell was losing every fight at the end of his career, people still tuned in to watch him. Yeah, no, I I think... And it was, you tuned in to watch those fights? Like, Anderson Silva's fighting on the next card. Holly Holm is fighting for the... Feather, they're creating a women's featherweight division in the UFC. I'm aware of that, but are the RSF fans? They're not. No, but the point is, is that... You got Anderson Silva on that card, and there's people who would tune in because Anderson Silva. For sure. For sure. And then what you'll do is later on down the road, when Connor comes back to fight, you'll probably have the winner of the featherweight title defend their belt on the co main. So now you got somebody who's a casual fan. They're tuning in because Connor's on that card. Well, they're going to see four fights before Connor fights. Okay. So and that's, you- that's how they build their brand. I understand. So do you think the right answer is that, what you just said? And you make, dude, you're right. I, it's it, working for them. You're right. You're right. It's working. I can't working. say it's okay, wrong I, I, when well, it's Frank's working. trying to ask, do you, understand is, do you what think I'm saying? that that's the best plan for the future? Yes or no? I can't listen to this anymore. Do you think it's the best plan for the future? I think it is because... I was waiting for someone to tune in that wasn't me or Tony. Thank I don't, you. I don't... I think when it comes to fighters, you do need you understand personalities. what I'm saying? I think that if I was UFC, I would just give the fighters more money. I think they're being greedy and selfish, and I don't think that's good for anybody. Well, no doubt. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, mean good guys, for, I guess you got... You, I've said maybe, it before. Dana White, Joe Rogan said he's seen Dana White lose a million dollars gambling a night. You know how much money you have to have to lose a million dollars and have it not affect you? You don't realize... He's, I, also, seen, it, he's also seen you know Dana White 
gamble and walk out the door up seven million and be like, "Oh, I could have won more." I mean, Dana White is a competitive person. Okay, I think uh, uh, you just mentioned Dana White, Jerry. I'll ask you this, and then you know what? If you're if you're tired of it, we'll stop it. But I'm going to ask you this last question. Well, I'm just going to keep that going. You were trying to answer. Well, I'm going to ask. And Tony was just. I can't. Yeah, I couldn't handle it either. I couldn't. Around. I couldn't handle it either. But the question I'm asking is this: From a marketing standpoint, do you think the UFC should continue the way they're doing, or do you think they should change things? I think they should embrace all the sick fighters. But also, you're going to get caught. Like, they embraced Rousey, and it did not work out. You know what I mean? But they should just get... They didn't put Nunez in in the promo at all. And Dana White, to his point, said, okay, well, yeah, we have to promote Ronda Rousey because everyone knows her. But if uh, Amanda Nunez wins, everyone's going to know her name, which is true. But is it? I mean, like, is it true for the minority fan? Yeah, for us. But, I mean, do people really know who Amanda Nunez is right now? We make fun of flip-flopping all the time on this show or, like, CSON I'm being direct. You know what I mean? But I think they need to find the middle ground where they promote fighters and still also keep the brand above. Because if you, like in boxing, you like Floyd's his own promoter, so he doesn't have to give a cut to anybody. The UFC will never give up. Like, when McGregor goes in there and he says, I get half the money that comes from the pay-per-view, I'm the headliner. They're never going to give that up. You know what I mean? They need to find the delicate middle ground where they pay the fighters enough to keep them in the UFC while also expanding their brand like the NFL. Like, the NFL has a couple of stars. It's a good. The NFL makes eleven billion, thirteen billion dollars okay. a year. As a subliminal genius, you just segued into the final point of the show. McGregor Mayweather. Is it going to happen? I want all four parties involved. Is it going to happen? And if so, how? Starting with Tony. That's how we'll end the show. I think it will happen, but I don't think it will happen for at least a couple years. Why? Because I mean, the way it's been going on is just going around and around and. Supposedly, they both want to make the fight, but it's one of those where Connor wants the fight and he wants to make, you know, like $50 million for the fight. And Floyd's like, oh, I'm the one bringing everybody in, so I want $100 million. You can have like 10 Which is ridiculous. No. Yeah. So Jerry, Jerry, go ahead. Dana John. White offered him each $25 million. They could split the pay per view if they do Be it. Concise. No, this is what needs to happen in the Floyd Connor. We need to, everybody needs to stop talking about it, so they have to do it now. Connor allegedly said he wants to do it by the end of the year. That's great. If you want to do it, then do it. I'm not having another Pacquiao. It's going to be Pacquiao with Mayweather where they dance I'm, around I'm not, it. I'm not doing it. Right. I'm not paying One at a time. One at a time. I'm not doing it. Everybody needs to stop talking about it and give them any credence. They got to say, like, look, you're done on the news cycle unless you do it. I want to see it, and I don't want to see it when they're fucking got gray in their beards. That's that simple. I agree. Do it or don't. Shit or get off the pot. I agree. I think that the the Floyd and Pacquiao fight was way delayed. It was way delayed, and uh, what happened happened. What everyone expected to happen happened. Um, As far as this one goes, I think that Dana White, as much as I disagree with some of his things, I agree with him on this point. Floyd's talking out of his ass, man. Uh, He's rich. But he's old. He spends a lot of money. He actually he doesn't need money. But he's only 40. As far as being old as a fighter, he's old. As far as being old as a person, he's young. He spends money. He puts his own baggage on planes. He's spending money left and right. This is his chance to make a shitload of money. Dude, he's beat up six women. He's the highest paid athlete, man. He doesn't need any money. He Jerry, found 60 grand Jerry, in a pair of jeans one can time. I, can I give my opinion? Hear me out. Floyd spends an extraordinary amount of money, and he ain't fighting anymore. This could be his last check. He's doing promotion. He's doing boxing and stuff. This could be possibly a chance for him to make 
$100 million or more. Literally. But that, even with that $25 and $25 million deal that Dana White promoted on SportsCenter, with pay-per-view, that equals him to be at least 80 to $100 million. At Dude, least. If McGregor so, him fight, it's going to be, he's going to get like, if they. $100 million. You tell me he doesn't need it. He's a 40-year-old. He's a 40-year-old. He needs that money. So I'm saying, in your world, boxing. I can almost your, emphatically guarantee you that Floyd doesn't need the money, but he'll make way more than 100. They'll both make more than 100 million. If they get okay, 25. So say they do. So him. say they do. Say they do. They make more than 100 million. They box in Floyd's world. McGregor's coming out of MMA. Yeah, for- but Floyd's the one saying 25 and 25 isn't enough for him to do it. I know, want, but, yeah, but more. I'm giving my you. take. I'm giving my take as to why he should take it. They should just do it. They should make money. Floyd's probably going to win in a boxing match by decision. McGregor's just in it for the cash grab. It's a cash grab fight. If they went into the octagon, you'd think it would last more than one minute? No, it wouldn't. So go into the boxing world, they'll dance around, we'll all tune in, they'll make a bunch of money, and do it. The world needs to see it, it's already out there, they both want to do it. Part of the, pro- part of the, big- the biggest thing in promotion is getting two guys to want to do it. McGregor said yes, Floyd says yes. That's the, e- that's the hardest part. The-, the easy part should be money. So they should just do it, fight, get their money, and do it, and fight. Fight in the boxing realm. Floyd should have no problem boxing McGregor. And he'll make more than $100 million doing it. I don't, I don't see the problem. I don't see the issue. That should I don't be, think they actually want to do it. That should be the next fight. McGregor will do it. it. Dude, I, I mean, it's got to be talked about. That's how we finish the show. It has to be discussed. It's the biggest topic. What do you mean? It, I don't think it's going to happen. It just pisses I me off. I think it will happen. Maybe I'll be wrong. I think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a big draw, a big fight. Over $100 million a piece, and why not? Get him in the boxing ring and just box. Everyone wants to see it. They both aren't scared. I think it's more Floyd being a bitch. I think it's, it's Floyd. It's because Floyd doesn't want to give the UFC a cut, but he has to because the UFC Promotes has, Connor. Yes. Yeah, they're Connor's promoter. Connor has a contract with them, so they have to sign off on Dude, it. The only way they sign asked, off on it is if they're getting paid. When they asked Floyd about the $25 million, he said, look at my watch. Floyd Mayweather doesn't need the fucking money. Dana, the UFC has to suck it up. Dude, whatever. But do you see my point that he's 40 years old and spends money to spend his luggage in a private jet? He's 40 years old. How long do you... Dude, his, he made $500 million off his last fight. If he goes broke, he... No, come, he didn't. Okay, so if he actually blows it all, Mayweather comes back for one fight as long as he's like... Have you ever seen Floyd's dad? Have you ever seen the video of yeah, him getting sucker punched? He's a trainer. He was just like Floyd. They have a lot of money. Dude, he's going to live. They have genetics. He's going to live to be... 80-something years old. He can't just live off promotion now. Dude, he's still... Team Money Team has fighters. He gets a cut of that. Floyd, the money isn't the thing for Floyd. It's whether or not Floyd wants to do it. I think they personally just want to be in the media because they're such fucking, like... So, Jerry, I'm just... I understand your point, and you make. I don't. You can't see Floyd's book. Anything would tell us that Floyd has way more I don't care money. about his fucking book. I'm looking at you right in the eye, and I'm saying, you don't think any individual on this earth... I don't care if it's Floyd Mayweather... If it's me or if it's fucking Django, right, my dog right here on the floor, you don't think anyone wants to make $130 million? Yeah, I think everybody does. In a I, boxing dude, match? It, that's not the point I'm making. Everybody wants $100 million. What is million the point then? Floyd has made $100 He doesn't need the money. It's like, oh, I don't need $130 million. It's not a he fucking quarter. He does it's not it. a dime. It's $120 million. Dude, I know. For us, it seems far away, but there comes a point in your life where you don't have to do things for money. Right now, like... $120 million? Bro, I don't care who you it. are. He doesn't need it. 
okay, well, that's your take. My take is I don't, that makes no fucking sense. $120 million, I don't care where you are in life, that you go and fight, you go box. Dude, but <laughs> Floyd's not going to do it because he wants all the fucking money and nothing to go to the UFC or Connor. That's how, that's why it's not going to fucking happen. It's not going to happen? That's the one thing holding it you, fucking You started back. off by saying it was going to happen. I said I think it'll happen in a couple years. And I'm telling you, the reason it's not happening right now is because Floyd wants all of the money. Okay. He doesn't want the UFC cut in. He wants to give Connor a little bit, but not much. And the UFC is like, whoa, we have his contract. We can decide whether or not Connor gets to do this. And if you're not going to cut us in, he ain't doing this. And if you're cutting him in, you better be giving him a lot more because he wants a lot more. So we all made fair points. 2017, McGregor, Mayweather, does it happen? Tony, you start, yes or no? In 2017? Just one word, yes or no. 2017. No. Jerry? Fuck no. Joe, are you out there? Yeah, uh, been listening intently. Uh, no, it doesn't happen, man. Mayweather is just, no, that's not going to happen. If packing all him didn't happen for five years, okay, okay, why listen, the fuck would a UFC fighter, why listen, would that happen? Listen, I say no also, 2017. Now we'll go around one more time. Does it happen ever? Tony, go. Yes, and probably a three or four. Jerry? No. Never happens. No. Joe? No, I, I think uh, I think Mayweather's age will be too much, and I think his pride will be uh, on the line. And uh, that's something money can't buy. Uh, so for I don't, I don't know if I don't know if any amount of money would be worth for him to go just get knocked the fuck out on TV by Conor McGregor. Fair enough. I think that in some point in life they will box. I think Floyd wants to do it just because it'll give him a, bo- a boxing record of fifty and zero, and it's his realm. And the, yeah, that's the thing is it's it's his realm, and therefore. I mean, unless Connor completely changes his stance and everything, he can just sit there on defense, throw a couple jabs. Or Floyd can just throw a couple jabs here and there, win on points, and get that 15-0 on his record. That's why I think Floyd wants to do it. Is so he can get the 15-0, and he wants to get a huge one more huge fucking paycheck. But if this, who wouldn't? Yeah, who wouldn't? That's the problem. Is the fact that. He doesn't want to cut anybody in. If he'd just be like, yeah, fuck it all. Cut these people in. Sorry, you keep saying he doesn't want to cut people in because he's scared he might lose that perfect record. That's why the Pacquiao thing, he purposely played that off until he knew he could beat Pacquiao. Pacquiao had been beaten. Mayweather, for as dumb as some of the things he does when it comes to gambling is, is an incredibly smart when it comes to his business. He's going to ruin his brand of 49-0 and 0 until maybe he sees a chink in McGregor's armor. If, he actually wanted to, if they really wanted to fight, it'd be happening like three months from now. They really actually wanted to do it. And I think we should stop talking about it. I think everyone should stop talking about it. So either they do it or they don't. You sound like me with the Red Wings in the beginning of the show, but that's fine. That's your take. That's fine. But I yeah, think... Yeah, but the Red Wings actually show up and play. These guys aren't doing shit. McGregor wants to go. McGregor wants to go. Mayweather's the one ducking and dodging like he does in his fights. That's the fact of the matter. I don't care what anyone out there in yeah. listener land says. McGregor I agree with that 100%. wants to go, and Floyd is dancing like he does in his fights. When's the last time you've seen Floyd fight? Truly fight. Pacquiao? Truly fight. Pacquiao, dude. I saw him fight Pacquiao. That's the only time I've seen Floyd fight in my he life. He didn't fight in that. It was all ducking and dodging and jabbing. It was that's not a fight. That's why they call boxing the sweet science. Well, put him in there with McGregor and see what happens. I want to see it. I'm not against it. You guys are acting like I'm against it. 
it happening. I'm not against it happening. I just don't think it's going to happen. Okay, you said no. I say, obviously I want to see it. I would pay $100 to watch that fight. I'd pay $200 to watch that fight. I say no in 2017. I say it will happen at some point in life. Tony agrees. Joe disagrees. We're divided. That's fine. And I'm sorry we're beating a dead horse. We can end it right there. But it's a hot topic, and I know you don't want to talk about it because it's frustrating, but it's a very hot topic in the sports world, and that's what the business we're in. So. Yeah, I, I just don't. I just don't think it happens. I think. I think uh, Mayweather would try to do the same thing where he kind of gets McGregor, McGregor where uh, where he wants him. But I mean, Mayweather ain't getting any younger, Frank. I mean, you already mentioned it. In a, in a fight, in a fighter's age of forty, you know, we're, it's like almost like we're talking about dog years here. It's like forties, <laughs> forties old for a fighter, man. You, it is. You get, you've been taking hits that that long. I mean, dude, like the the chin only can last so long for you, and. Uh, and man, I think I think in three or four years he can dip, duck, dive, dodge all he wants. But uh, man, the, the older you get, the slower you get, and the slower your reaction times are, and everything. In, fa- uh, in fairness, he, as much he, he, he might he might get knocked the fuck out because McGregor he, is still pretty pretty young. He's young. And, he's uh, he's he's in his prime. But in fairness, he's got heavy heavy hands. In fairness, yeah, he does have heavy hands. In fairness, though, um, is despite Floyd being forty years old. Um, the way he fights, I mean, when's the last time he's really taken a punch, man? He plays good defense. That's why he's a world champion. That's why he's forty nine and zero. He hasn't really taken a punch. In, right, right, right. And uh, since I'm, I'm I've saying ever even seen. that, even that aspect of his fighting could deteriorate. And like, but yeah, years. yeah, you're right. Being forty, being old, he's old, dude. He's yeah, old. I mean, as far as fighting, he's a young man. As far as business, a businessman, yeah, he's young. He's got a bright future. But I think one more fight, hundred thirty more million. Win or lose, 130 million more bucks in your bank account. Fight the man, man. Box him. He's not even a boxer. He's an MMA fighter, man. You're not going to the octagon. You're going to box him in a squared circle. It's all good. But we're beating a dead horse. It's all good. Jerry's getting frustrated. We're gonna, I'm we're getting rat- frustrated because you said obviously everyone wants to see it. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm just giving my take, man. We're ending the it's show. The it's the same good. take over and over again. Obviously, we've only talked about it twice. We've only talked about it twice. We've only talked about it twice. We've only talked about it twice, Jerry. Joe, uh, anything else you want to get off your chest? You, I, I'm sorry, me and me and Tony kind of took over the UFC vibe. Do you want to talk about anything else? We we, we kind of carried over in the show, but uh, I feel like you want to say some other things. Go ahead, man. End it. And then, no, we'll, uh, then we'll pay so some bills. We're gonna hit the Super Bowl next week. We obviously have a lot to talk about there. Oh, next week should be uh, a fun. Super Bowl. We're coming up with just next week. Next week, it's gonna be great. Fun topics. I already got a couple. This is Joe's time. Favorite chip tip. Let Joe go. He hasn't talked. Joe hasn't talked. Exclusive. Uh, So I I think uh, you know we we spoke a little bit about the Red Wings. Uh, Essentially, the answer I think right now is tanking. But uh, one other team in the city that happens to be moving in with the with the Red Wings uh, next season. I don't have to cover this too much, but. I think the vibe around the city is look for the Pistons to kind of tank too, and I and I think I think a lot of their issue over there too is uh is some of their coaching uh the, some some of the guys they got I thought I thought those were building blocks and it turns out now that they're they're not looking like building blocks anymore so could be interesting front you know see what the Pistons get good again back to kind of Jerry's thing is we're all kind of casual Pistons fans but when they get good you know we obviously start talking about them a lot more but. Uh, yeah, we'll yeah I, th- I think it could be pretty interesting. Next year, we have a new a new arena with two teams that are in the rebuilding process. 
So we could have – it could be one of those things we open a new arena and then uh, people show up to see the new rookies. Who knows? I mean, that, that could get some fans too. I mean, the Cavs sucked ass, but everyone wanted to see LeBron play. So uh, way, way, way back when he first came in the league. So we'll, we'll see how it works out. That, that's fair enough. Um, we're, we're about to pay some bills. I just want to give a quick shout-out. Um, guys, we've been growing – um, as weeks go by, we've been growing. Uh, we have nationwide fans. I'm going to give a shout out to Cody Steffes, who just moved out to Santa Rosa, California. Cody, uh, Cody. He's actually been a guest in studio on. He's the been show. a guest in sh- guest Hardcore. in studio. Uh, he's living out in Santa Rosa, California now. He's he's dialed in. He listens all the time. Um, we got guys uh, Mark in uh, in Texas. We have uh, the Preston's uncle in New York. We have. Um, my father, John Walker, in, in Tennessee. Joe Sawicki, who's right down the street at Imagine Woodhaven. Uh, we have true followers and true fans, and uh, we just want to shout out to them. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. We apologize for that, but we're staying consistent. We're staying driven, and we'll be back next week to cover the Super Bowl. And uh, it's been a great show. I've had a great time. We're chopping up paper. We're paying bills. And uh, to all the people that listen to the show – on a weekly to double weekly basis. We love you guys. And um, it's been great. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next week and we'll talk about the Super Bowl. We'll pay some bills now. All right. Before we get to paying the bills, I just want to say one quick thing to all of our fans out there. Uh, I've said it before. I am a season ticket holder for Detroit city FC. I also got my season tickets for this upcoming year. And uh, if any of our fans want to join me as season ticket holders, uh, you can reach out to the show or reach out to me personally, and I can get you a discount code for your tickets. But, uh, yeah, that's it. And as you all know, the ways to get in touch with the show are Facebook.com slash Revolutionary Sports Front, Twitter.com slash RSF Podcast. We're on the web at RevolutionarySportsFront.com, and you can email the show directly at RevolutionarySportsFront at gmail.com. And then also if you follow – Find us on Twitter or Facebook. You can find all the guys on there as well. So that's it. Thanks for listening to another episode, and thank you for being a part of the sports revolution. Adios, amigos!